Well, good afternoon and thank you once again for joining me for Business, the Law and You. Julian Campbell here and fantastic to be back again with you after that uh, short break we've had. And we've got an exciting show lined up for you again this week. A bit later on our program, we'll be having a look at one of our Harvard Business Review tips. This particular one is to look for any emotion cues during tough, tough conversations. And we're certainly having a few of those at the moment. We're also going to be having our chat with Christina, who obviously is not ch- uh, moving around the world at the moment this week. Um, but we're going to look at the state of business and uh, what effect the uh, COVID-19 might have had on that. But right now, we're going to have a chat with Rani Gardner, Gardner from uh, Turnbull Hill Lawyers is a partner with Turnbull Hill Lawyers. We're going to be talking about purchasing or selling a business during the COVID-19. Good afternoon, Rani. Good afternoon, Julian. And thank you for coming back with us. And you're the first one off the rank again now. Oh, excellent. <laughs> so uh, we're talking about purchasing or selling a business. Moving out was a pretty appropriate uh, song there, wasn't it? <laughs> if you're purchasing a business, what should you be concerned about? Well, just given the current um, environment is uh, don't, to not rely too heavily on past num- uh, numbers as an indicator of current performance will obviously be uh, industry-specific, but um, there's very few industries that have gone without some kind of issue due to COVID-19, so just not using it as the be-all and end-all. Um, securing the premises, so... There was legislation introduced where landlords um, may have had to give rent reductions Mm. if that business qualified for JobKeeper, Um, and just making sure that if there was reductions that they're properly documented and then can be passed on to you as the purchaser. Um, Be aware that if the business did qualify um, for JobKeeper, you uh, may want to look at how you purchase that that business. So um, in terms of the employees, because they had to be an employee of yours since the 1st of March this year. So you may just want to look at asset sales or or things you can do around that. So you could maybe get some benefit of the JobKeeper payments. Um, The banks are moving slower at the moment. So finance is taking a lot longer. Uh, A lot of the bank employees are still working from home. So just allowing yourself a little bit more time to secure finance. Um, And maybe just thinking, do you really need to operate from the premises? So a lot of businesses have found that they're able to efficiently work from home. And if that's the case, you may just be looking at buying the business, but not necessarily taking over the lease of the premises. Um, And I'd just say be a bit wary of gift certificates that have already been issued because in something, say, like a beauty salon where they would regularly be fulfilling um, those gift vouchers, they may not, well, they wouldn't have been able to for the past three months. So just making sure that that's that's put into the contract. So so when you mentioned the the numbers, obviously Mm -hmm. the numbers up to about February will be okay. Yeah, yeah. So you still, I mean, a lot of times when people buy businesses, it's usually the last four or five years figures they're looking at, isn't it? That's right. But it, knowing that in if we're in a, well, we're in a recession, so those yeah. numbers we'll maybe change. aren't as achievable. <laughs> yeah. So what about selling the business? What are the key considerations there? Look, I think the key thing is not to panic, and depending on how your business has been affected, you don't assume you need to discount prices or anything like that. There is a lot of businesses that have proven that they've um, 
done well through this period. Some have even thrived. So just uh, don't panic in terms of I need to get out of business. Um, there is also, it, it's worth re- remembering that there's a lot of government stimulus for business and more so in place than before. So purchasers will get the benefit of that. Um, being aware that the employee entitlements, um, even though they may be on JobKeeper, they're still accruing leave. And if you're selling your business, there's usually an adjustment about 70%. So from the the purchase, just remembering what your um, walkaway price would be. Um, if you're selling stock as part of it, such as, say, a hairdresser, um, does that stock need to be cleaned? What will be the expectations? Um, and you may want to consider, you can do some online courses to be certified as a COVID-safe business, and, and that will have um, a lot of appeal to a purchaser. Yeah, I'm sure there's probably a lot of people uh, in panic mode at the moment thinking we need to get rid of and sell the business and I suppose it would be preferable to try and rebuild it a little bit if they want to sell it. Yeah, for, for the price that it's, it's, um, it's really, more likely really valued, worth. Yeah. All right, so, so what can be done remotely from a legal point of view now? Look, the answer at the moment is everything. Um, mm. They've introduced a lot of legislation that allows us to electronically witness signatures, uh, either using Zoom or DocuSign, so contracts can be signed. Um, You don't need a wet signature as such. Um, Conferences, we've held the majority of our conferences by telephone, Zoom. Um, Negotiations can happen that way. So if there is issues with actually meeting um, people, and also one of the good things about Zoom is it's opened up the marketplace. So people that maybe were in Sydney didn't necessarily want to drive up. Well, all of that can be achieved via um, different ways of conferencing. Um, there's no there's no change to how we or, or possibly your accountant can act for you, but there will be some changes to how we may interact with you. So not having as many face-to-faces and things like that, although that is still an option. At a sub-stage, this uh, uh, not requiring uh, physical signatures is going to be removed again, isn't it? It's only we're, for a period of time. We're not sure. It, it's all temporary. Okay. Um, but if it's working well, um, it may be that it becomes more permanent um, legislation uh, because a lot of the time um, digital signatures, so that's something like DocuSign, you actually get a trail of where it was signed. Um, we can do, we can verify people's identity through um, through online, which also means that it's you know sometimes a computer will pay a lot more closer attention um, than someone who's just sort of looks at a passport, looks up. So mm. there's a lot of things that have that that have come out that are that are quite good um, and are working really well and making it easier for the client, um, making your solicitors and your accountants a a lot more efficient. So hopefully a lot of the legislation will be extended or or become permanent. And how have you found uh, doing these uh, face-to-face interviews over Zoom? I I like it. Um, Mm. I think you get to the point. Um, I think you still get the interaction. 
Uh, I'm quite traditional. I think it's nice when you can all be in the same room, but we've held mediations via Zoom. Um, our court lawyers have attended court via Zoom. Um, we've signed wills, powers of attorney and guardianships via Zoom. So um, I think it, it's it's quite good and it, it, it makes us a lot more accessible because if someone is, say, selling their business, they want to be at their premises. Mm. Um, and particularly during this time when, you know, they're limited to how many staff they can have back. So rather than taking two hours to come to our office, they can Zoom with us for 40 minutes, no parking uh, issues, no travel time, um, and, and get the same result. Yeah, I think it's going to be the way of the future. Yeah. Well, thanks very much for your time, Rani. We'll have a chat with you again another time. Great. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Rani Garda from there, from Turnbull Hill Lawyers. Yeah, buying or selling and... I think if you're thinking of selling, just don't panic. Make sure you get some good advice. And you're listening to Business, The Law Renew on 2NURFM. Time to cross over and have our chat with Christina. Good afternoon, Christina. Good afternoon, Julian. Welcome back. Yeah, we'll just say the same to you. Welcome back. Yeah. And, and now you've been travelling the world a different way on Zoom. I have indeed. It's been actually nice to be um, grounded for a little while I must say not under the conditions that that I've had to be grounded under I, you know nobody would wish um, the last few months uh, on anyone really um, but yeah some of the grateful things are being grounded and and not having to do all that trouble really yeah and I've been able to catch up a lot of my personal development look, looking at a lot of uh, um, conferences and uh, seminars online yeah it's, yeah it's been a really good opportunity to embrace um, different aspects really and so a lot of small businesses I think have um, discovered maybe new ways that they won't be ditching uh, you know in the near future and, and embracing things that maybe they had not thought about embracing before so mm. lots of things that we've noticed um, in conversation with a lot of um, businesses actually some of the the whole work from home uh, component I think people have now realized that it is possible mm -hmm. um, and the whole idea around productivity I know there's a, a few businesses ironically had their best month last month um, and they've put it down to to their workers having the ability um, and the freedom to work from not necessarily just work from home but work from a, a point where they feel comfortable working at it you know if you if you're actually going to be working on site, that's a completely different thing. But if you're going to be working um, somewhere that's going to cost you an hour's travel, then you're better off working from home. So I mm. think the whole mm. idea of working from home, not there's quite a lot to be said for getting back into the workplace. I know people that have been quite excited about going back um, slowly this week, even if it's one or two days, because they can't wait to have those collegial conversations um, and get feedback and be able to give responses in real time. So that's um, one benefit. But I think what we'll start finding, Julian, is that there'll be a hybrid um, yeah. of work from home, work from the workplace, um, embracing technology. You know, those people that were you know, had to make the shift quickly into embracing tech um, have now realised what the benefits of tech are. Those people that were maybe more embedded in tech um, than most of us have realised what that human connectivity actually means. So I think there'll be a middle ground found on where we're working from, how much tech we're using, uh, you know, what's going to happen to some of the real estate. I know big corporations that are already 
looking at maybe, you know, reducing their floor space from, say, eight floors to six floors. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the potential that opens up. So if we look at look at these things as potential for possibility rather than, oh, my God, what's going to happen to those, you know, to the rent that might have become of that. But, you know, there's areas that were um, changing before COVID hit as well, like the big shopping centres and, and a lot of things in retail. COVID's hurried up some of that um, some of the change in there. So, you know, lots of changes happening and I think we need, we can either go into those changes with fear or we can embrace them and go, well, what have we learned and how do we benefit and how can we come out of this, you know, m- m- taking advantage of the lessons? Yeah, I think you're right. I think uh, what it has done is, I mean, everybody, everybody's business, I think every single business has to relook at what do we do for the future um, and there's probably you know a few categories of business out there. There's some that have suddenly done really well as a result of it, and that always happens. You know, whenever we have a crisis, there's always good and the bad that comes out of it. My wife's business, for example, which is uh, providing tie-dye kits, has gone through the roof because everybody was suddenly at home, and they go, "What can we do at home? Let's uh, let's get a tie-dye kit for the kids." So uh, you know, yeah. Our sales yeah. have rocketed from from that side of the business, and yeah. and also as you say, it's it's put us into practice that we probably should have been doing but didn't. Um, I should have been doing more webinars, and I just kept putting it off and putting it off. But I actually ran a, a two week training course online uh, on Zoom, mm. um, and whilst I don't think it was a hundred percent as good as face to face, it was ninety percent. So um, you know you yep. couldn't you couldn't really read people and get reaction as much, but uh, it was it, it did the job. So um, yeah, I've, I've got a theory on that as well, though, Julian. No reflection on on how um, on what it was that you did because you know I wasn't there, and, and this is clearly something that went on longer. But we did a um, last week. I you know I ticked off something on a bucket list. I actually spoke. Um, I did a TED talk. Uh, we did TEDx Melbourne, and it was virtual. It was all online because you know nobody was actually going to Melbourne last week um, from Newcastle. I think some of the flights have just opened up this week. Mm. But we, you know, it was a virtual presentation of TED. And I've got to say, there were 12 speakers. Um, there were 400, 400 to 500 people um, in the audience. And there were actually tears from mm. the audience mm. in reaction to what some of the, some of the speakers were saying. So I think that connect, connectivity... Um, mm. I, I need to do a, a little bit more observation and maybe do a bit more reading on this, but I think the connectivity isn't actually involved in the tech. It, it actually comes from the people um, in the room and, and the preset, the pre-notion uh, that goes with that. So I'm actually re-looking at, at you know, I, I love the fact that there's nothing, as you say, is going to replace that person-to-person Connection, we are humans, we need that social connectivity. But I think it is possible to have empathy and a meaningful mm. connection with someone, mm. you know, on the other end of the screen. Mm. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I agree. Um, it is possible, but it, reading the body language coming back sometimes is a little bit harder, that's all. I think yeah. so too. I, I would agree with you with that. All right, well, that's the first first off the brink. Uh, we'll have a chat with you again next week. I so look forward to it, Julian. Have a fantastic week. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Christina there helping us to uh, see what's what's happened and uh, certainly the move online is a big one I think and and the downsizing of offices uh, we'll have to wait and see what happens time for our Harvard Business Review tip this particular one look for emotional cues 
during tough conversations. We're probably having a few of those at the moment. Many managers take a rational approach to handling tough conversations at work. This means they often fail to pay enough attention to the emotions involved. But when emotions are ignored, they can derail everything. Let's say an employee is underperforming and needs to be coached. Before explaining where he or she is falling short and setting goals for improvement, pause to think about how both of you feel. Um, Acknowledge how disappointed you are and consider how scared and threatened he or she might be. Doing this will help you notice once you sit down that his arms are crossed or that he looks worried. This suggests he's already on a defensive so you should try to establish a connection or more upbeat tone before addressing the issue. Launching right into his performance likely won't lead to a productive coaching conversation. Recognising small emotion cues like these will help you respond proactively and adaptively. And as we just mentioned with uh, Christina there, you can also pick up these emotions online through Zoom now. Well, thank you for being with me for the last half hour. I hope you've enjoyed the program. In a moment, Jane Klein will be back with you with more of your easy listening favourites. Next week, Kimberly Claire Campbell, a digital advisor at the Hunter Region Business Hub, will give you some ideas to improve your website in these challenging times. We'll have our Minute on Innovation with Christina and some more business and legal news and views that might affect your business. I'd love your company again for Business, the Law and You at the same time next week. Until then, have an exciting and prosperous week and, as Hannibal once said, I will either find a way or make one. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.